much for joining us today on episode number 195 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about base building. If you've ever heard the term base building, do you actually know what it means? Do you know when you should do it, why you should do it, and what you should be incorporating during the base building phase or cycle of your training? We'll talk about all of that today. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today it's all about that base, about that base. I knew it. I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming? Oh, yes. I didn't even tell you. I knew it was coming. It's like you know me so (laughs) well. Today it's, I'm like, oh no, she's singing. Oh, here it comes. (laughs) Is it singing or is it rapping? I mean, that's a singing. I don't know. I mean, you were dancing to begin with. I'm like, oh, that's, that's what's coming. It's all about that base. All right, so what? is base building. Okay, this is going to be uh, a very helpful episode. Maybe you guys have heard the term base building before. Maybe you've seen it in different articles or on Instagram or different places where you might be following runners or running magazines or those kinds of things. But what exactly is base building? When should you incorporate it? What is it all about? And why would you even do something like that? Base building has been a big term lately, you know, under like training within quarantine, especially among like all the elites are like, oh, Mm -hmm. I finally have time for like a serious base building cycle. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of drop that out there. And people are like, oh, so they're running a lot, Mm -hmm. which is very often what people associate with base building is where you just go run lots and lots and lots and lots. Right. So a lot of times when runners talk about base building, they just think about high mileage. Like that's the only component. We're just going to go out and we're just going to start building our mileage, going to start ramping things up. But that is not the only thing that you should be thinking about when you think about a base building phase. Base building is really the time for you to work on your running base and your foundation. And this for us has three components, you know, because We like to train mind, body, and skills to help you actually achieve your goals and run your best and enjoy the whole process. And inside of that, right, like it is important to incorporate all three of those areas into your base building phase, just like it is important for you to incorporate all three of those areas into your race training and into every other aspect of your running. Right. There's really not ever a a component of your training that you want to completely ignore. Never. Like at at any point in time. There's just different times where you emphasize certain areas. Absolutely. And so for base building, yes, we're going to train mind, body, and skills, but we have three other components that we think are very important to really focus on in base building, and those are mileage, strength, and mobility. And a lot of times people only think about the mileage and they don't think about actually improving their strength and mobility, but those two things are so important when it comes to building that strong running foundation that's going to keep you out of injury. Right. I mean, base building and foundation, it just kind of goes together. Like it's what you you lay down first so that you can put everything else on top of it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't put a strong foundation, you're not really going to get very far. And when you talk to a lot of distance runners, and it's kind of a, an older philosophy on this of base building really was just piling as many miles onto it as possible. You go way back to like Lydiard training. He's got his guys running like 120, 130, 50 miles mm-hmm. just get as much mileage in as you possibly can. That was base building. Right. And then, you know, more of that old school philosophy, you just build up that huge base. And this would be like the same thing as summer training for cross country. We coach a high school cross country team and 
summertime, we always tell our athletes, if you want to be good in the season, you have to run during the summer because that's the base building phase. You have to get this base in where you are building your endurance up to a certain level so that when we hit the season, we can start doing like the speed workouts and the actual race training. And it's not you're not dying during the race workouts and the speed workouts because you already have this cardio base, this aerobic base built up ahead of time. And now we can just kind of refine. So that's really the classic base building. It's just adding a lot of mileage on so that you have something. And then when you start to race or you get into a race training cycle, then you kind of, um, kind of tone down the mileage a bit, right? Like it, it maybe not tone it down, but you, you maintain it for a while and then you do kind of start to decrease as you taper towards a race. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's different race coaching philosophies on this one of and when it depends exactly, on the distance of the race too. Depends on the different yeah. distance of the race. It depends on exactly the, the overall guideline, your timeline involved, how long you've been running, but like the classic approach is that the base building is essentially building up this giant pile of sand or clay or whatever you want. And then through the, the more training, the race specific aspect, you then kind of refine that you, you chop off, you, you, uh, what's the term? Build I'm a sandcastle? Yes. I mean, ultimately I was going for sandcastle. I was just looking for the verb there. Cause build was not what I was going for. Mold. Mold. Sculpt. sculpt. That's the word I was looking for was sculpt. <laughs> you build up the giant pile of clay and then you sculpt it down sculpt to actually it. bring it in for your actual like specific race. Right. So you want to think about your base and your foundation. You definitely want to be building mileage. Um, but again, you want to also incorporate things to improve your strength and your mobility. And we will get into some more details later on in the episode. Okay, so I think we understand now that the base building phase needs to build our mileage and we also need to improve strength and mobility. But when should we incorporate a base building cycle into our training? All right, so I think a big way of looking at this one is kind of where you are in your overall running journey. Yeah. Like if you're newer to running, you're probably in base building phase. The sort of exception to this is if you got into running because your friend convinced you to run that 5K in like a month, you essentially are training just to be able to cross that finish line and, you know, be successful with it and celebrate that you you ran the 5K, you skipped over the base building phase. So if you just get out there and you're like, I'm going to start running and you go out there and you start at putting in some miles on that's base building. If you got into it because there was a race that you were going to do and you're like, I I guess I'll knock out some miles and kind of run a little bit faster and then I'll do this, you know, turkey trot or whatever it is, you skipped over the base building phase. And so many people back when there were a lot more races would race hop and essentially never have a base building phase. Yeah. Well, I think that's why for some people might not really understand what it even is because people that get into running recreationally that just want to do a 5k here, a 10k here, they're not really sure because that's what they do. They just decide, okay, I'm going to run this race and then they train for the race. And so they never actually build up their mileage in what's would be considered a base building phase. Yeah. Okay. So this is a really good component here is a lot of people, when they look up a training plan, let's say that they find like a 10 K training plan. It usually starts you somewhere around like two to three miles and then gradually builds that up until you can complete six to seven miles mm-hmm. and then tapers it down for the last couple of weeks and says, all right, you're ready for a 10 K. But in a, if you look at it on more of like how an elite athlete would train for this, you have a few months where you build up mileage 
way higher than six miles. You spend several times where you're going out there at a minimum six miles all the time. I mean, at elite levels, they're running upwards of like 100 miles a week. But on like a a more competitive recreational athlete, you spend a few months where your long run is like 10 to 12 miles and you build that, that mileage up where it's six to seven miles daily plus a long run on the weekend. And then you enter your race specific training plan Mm -hmm. where you really kind of focus on some more paces that are keyed in towards that 10 K. Right. And the base building phase is great. Um, for a lot of reasons. One is because you do get this ridiculously, huge aerobic base, right? That's really the goal of base building phase is to build this aerobic base um, to get your heart rate where it needs to be to get your fueling like going on so that your body is efficiently using the energy in your body um, so that your body is efficiently using the energy in your body. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Yes. That's right. I mean, that's correct. Um, But you know, it can help you to do other things as well. Like maybe this is a time where you are able to focus on other areas of your life and not be so dedicated and focused in on like race training. Yeah. Because you, you can have a little bit more freedom inside of the base building. Right. If you get the big picture about what it is you're trying to do, it's less critical if you're like, Ooh, I really missed that speed workout on Tuesday mm-hmm. or I, I'm so tired that I still have time to work out on Tuesday, but it can't be the speed workout. Right. So if you know that you have like a really stressful phase of your life going on right now, maybe you are working towards a promotion at work, or maybe it's just a really busy season in your family life because your kids are in like five different sports and you're running people around all all over the place. So like Kevin said, you just are tired, right? And stressed and have other demands on your time to then put a race training plan on top of that where you should be hitting certain speed workouts at certain paces and and be hitting more specific race specific types of workouts that's just a lot of stress on your body so that would be a great time to put a base building phase in if you know that you just have something else going on in your life where you know you still want to be running you still want to be building you still want to be improving those kinds of things but you don't want to put on the added stress of like having to hit certain workouts and paces and those kinds of things. Right. So it's, it's a little bit more advanced. Like if you're super stressed in your life, I wouldn't even go base building. I would just go with like a maintenance Maintenance, plan. But if you're like, okay, I have, I have time, but I need a little bit more flexibility in my plan or I have a race, but it's kind of further out on the horizon. That's a base building plan. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other really good ones here is if you're, if you've had that, like on and off injury mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I really have this big race coming up and it's far enough in the distance. I'm going to slowly build myself up to that mileage yeah. instead of the 12 week plan that like your classic 12 week half marathon plan. I started at five miles. It added a mile every long run on every other week. And now I've it made it to 13 and poof, I'm going to run the race. Mm-hmm. What, what if you used all of that time? What if you used like a 12-month plan to gradually build yourself up to 10 miles on the mm-hmm. weekend and then you just stayed there for a little while? Right, right. And when you have like those little injuries or little niggles that like start to pop up, say, you know, in the last training phase, in the last training cycle, the base building phase gives you a great chance to start to address those things because like we said, we want to build in more of that strength and mobility work into your base building phase so that you aren't 
plagued by injuries when you do jump into that race training cycle because the base building phase is a great way to, to build up to longer races like Kevin just said and taking a longer timeline to build it up which is a much safer way for you to build up to any a race of any given distance whether it's a half marathon or a full marathon or an ultra whatever it might be especially if it's your first time at that given distance so it, if you don't you know, to, instead of just like Kevin said, if you're like running five miles and you just jump right into a half marathon plan, that can work. It depends on your goal. You know, if your goal is completing the half marathon, that's going to work. It's going to get you across the finish line. But how do you want to feel when you cross the finish line? Are you going for a certain time when you cross the finish line? Because if so, it's going to help to put in a base building phase to just really build your mileage up to a certain point so that when you do jump into a half half marathon training plan, you can start to go a little bit more aggressive on like speed workouts and different things like that because you're not also building mileage. Because when you think about race training, this is a little bit off the topic, um, but it's definitely related. If you're training for a race, there's one system that needs to kind of help build your mileage up. And then there's another system where we work on speed work and actually like trying to make you faster at any given distance. And to do both simultaneously is kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. Like you're you're at a higher risk for injury versus if you were to take the time to just build the mileage and then focus in on the speed if you're trying to hit a certain race time. Yeah, I mean it's like a it's a classic coaching saying is you can build speed or you can build distance, but building both simultaneously is real dangerous. Like you just you run out of building blocks really mm-hmm. quick. So you can't really build either of them all that far. You can build them both, but yeah. neither of them get anywhere near as much as they could. You know, if you've gone through a half tra- marathon training program before, and you started it where you could k- successfully run 4 or 5 miles, you probably ran pretty well in your half marathon. But just pause for a second and think about how much more quality training could you have done if you were at the point where you could already run 10 miles mm-hmm. at the start of it. Like it makes the the workouts available to you. Like if you're building up from four to five, most of your workouts are going to be three or four miles to try and train to push your body for 13. If you're capable of 10 you can now put a workout in there where you're pushing for seven, eight, nine miles. Mm. That's going to get you so much more mentally and physically prepared for the large demands of the actual race. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is one of the reasons that when we start coaching an athlete, if they come to us with uh, a race on the calendar, we always ask, what is the goal first, right? Because we encourage people, if it's the first time you've ever run a race of any given distance, your main goal needs to be completion because you don't even know what you're capable of yet. You've never done the distance, so you really have no idea what you're capable of. Once you've completed that distance and you have that baseline, that base time, then we can work on actually improving your time and trying to hit different PRs or what whatnot because that first time that you run the race is an automatic PR, which is fantastic. Totally, automatic. <laughs> Right, Right. because and I think that a lot of people will get in trouble because they have this random time in their head 
Uh, maybe it's a time that the, my Garmin said that I was able to run a half marathon in blah, blah, blah time. Oh, that the, my Garmin said is oh, always Garmin a dangerous said. prediction. Oh, Garmin is very generous with its times. I'll tell you that. I, I have not yet run the times that Garmin says that I am capable of running. Well, Garmin also suggests, I mean, it's really, it's based off of a, a good algorithm that says if you're training for a 5K at like 30 miles a week, 40 miles a week, and you then up your mileage to train for a marathon at like... 80 to 100 miles a week, mm-hmm. then you could run your marathon in this time. Yeah. The problem is that a lot of people train for a 5K at like 20 miles a week and then train for a marathon at like 30 to 35 miles a week. Right, yeah. People don't usually up it all the way yeah. to that point. So if you're running a race for the first time, just go out there, enjoy the process, make the completion make completion the goal, and then build your strength from there because essentially that will be a base building phase for you, right? Even though it is race specific per se, it really is building your base up to hit that mileage for the first time. Right. So you're most of what you're doing is going to be general fitness adaptations, mm-hmm. especially if you're like, if you're newer to running whatever kind of workouts you throw at it, your body's going to make a general fitness adaptation. It's going to adapt the way that it wants to adapt to get you fitter. For for sure. All right. So let's go a little bit more into detail of the three components of base building. So number one, building mileage. How do we safely build mileage in a base building cycle? Slowly. Is, is essentially the answer to this. And this is why base building is not necessarily a super exciting time because you're slowly progressing in a lot of things. And you don't get a lot of like checkpoints of like races because you're not keyed in on a race. And if you do run a race, it's not going to be a PR. It's just checkpoint to see where you you're at. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, our coach had us run a few races. He said, find two or three races to run over the summer. Make it a 5K, a 10K, something around that. Just just to keep you going to kind of add some excitement because going out there and running another hour and a half that day mm-hmm. and then an hour and a half the next day, it just kind of drags. Yeah, it adds a little bit of excitement and it also kind of gets you keeps you in that race mentality a little bit, right? Yes. Like it was different, obviously, for you to run a city 5K versus like going out to compete against other schools in Division One college athletics. Sure. But it's still kind of, it's the excitement of the race. It's the mentality that you kind of have to tap into. And it's nice to just kind of dip into that a little bit. Right. So there's there's the racing aspect to just kind of add some fun to it, um, which then also brings up the whole idea of, of training through a race, mm-hmm. that every race does not need to be designed as a PR. Yes. Like you can, you can go out and race simply for the fun of racing. Mm-hmm. You can go out and race just to actually put it as an experiment to say, hey... I wonder what would happen if I did that. Like if I ran a 5K right now, it is not at all going to be my PR, Mm -hmm. but it would be interesting to see where it is. Yeah, just to see where you're at. Right. And I wouldn't really have a a big stress associated with the answer at the end of it because it'd be like, oh yeah, that's kind of roughly where I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. And it's not my PR, but it's also be like, oh, okay, I, I was pretty honest with myself when I was guessing where my 5k would be. Yeah. And I think that this is a really important point to manage your mind around the expectations. If you do choose to race during a base building phase, right? Like if you go out there and you are able to tell yourself like, I don't care what this time is. I'm just going to go out and run this for fun. I'm just going to see what I can do. Then fantastic. If you can believe that. If you run that race and see the time on the clock and it's not near your PR and then that 
kind of spirals you into this mindset of like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so out of shape. I'm doing, you know, this 5k and I'm so far away from my goal. Like I'm so far away from my PR. Like it can quickly spiral people. And I, I can see myself doing this. Like if I hit a time on the clock, that wasn't what I know I'm capable of trying, you know, like I can see my brain going into like a negative space that I would have to be very consciously aware of and go back into telling my brain, no, 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 this is what it's supposed to be right now. This is what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the aspect of racing when you're base building or also racing when you're training for something like a marathon mm-hmm. and then doing a 5k, yeah. which is what happened a couple of years ago. I ran our school 5k like a month before I ran the marathon that I was keying in on. Mm-hmm. And I ran a fine time. And the, the guy who was putting the race on for us came up afterwards. He goes, you normally run those faster. You, you, are you feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, I got the Jacksonville marathon in like a month. So I'm not really on 5k point right now. He goes, Oh, you could probably go run that exact same 5k time in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I go, Oh, I crossed the finish line tired, but I recovered in like two to three minutes. Right. So it's, it's a base building phase. It's a little different. Right. So when you're in a base building phase, you really just want to focus on mileage and you want to focus on time on your feet. You want to be doing mostly easy runs and then incorporate a wider range of like paces and efforts. And part of this is to just bust boredom, right? So that you don't just get bored doing the same easy mileage day after day. And it's also just to keep your body in check so that you are tapping into different systems and paces and effort levels so that, you know, nothing gets ignored basically. Right. So this is a great time to make sure that you've got strides so that you have some really high end speed, but without very much volume on it. It's just enough that your body still knows, Hey, I can still rely on this. I can get myself into a higher end speed. Mm-hmm. You can throw in some some easier efforts. You can use this to start guiding towards workouts that are going to be in your more race specific mm-hmm. of maybe eventually, let's say that you're going to get into like a 5K, 10K and you're going to start honing in on I don't know, say mile repeats at whatever pace or kilometer repeats at your goal pace. Well, during your base building phase, you could run those repeats just at a slower pace, but just to let your body know, Hey, this is the kind of workout that I'm going to throw at you every couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. especially as we get into speed training, or you can like modify what that workout is. Instead of doing a whole kilometer, you could really start building up and being like, okay, I'm going to hit my race specific pace, but I'm not in race specific training. So I'm only going to run it for like 400 meters instead Mm -hmm. of a thousand. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because paces are less important during your workouts when you're in base building phase, right? Like Kevin said, it's important to just kind of go out and do some of these workouts, but the paces are less important. You want to focus a little bit more on the effort, but even the efforts should be a little bit less than when you're in race training phase. It's also just a little, it's a lot less stressful. Right. Like if you don't hit the time exactly, you're like, okay, well that's, that's fine. That's another area I need to be working on. Or maybe you didn't hit that time because you added that workout in after, you know, a ramp up in mileage from the week before, you know, so as you're building the mileage, it's tough to also build the speed. So you mm-hmm. just kind of want to maintain some speed during this, yeah. but you definitely don't want to ignore it. Every run is not an easy run. There's still speed that goes in there. This is one of my favorite times to really try and, um, personalize for our clients is 
I love the base building phase. If I got like a six month runway for a race, mm-hmm. the three months at the front end, people are like, I don't, I guess I'll just kind of run as much as I can. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but if you really optimize your running during that time, it would set you up for advanced workouts mm-hmm. during your like actual race specific training. Then you wouldn't have to be like, oh, I haven't done speed in three months. I guess I'll try and run a 200. Right. Like you're not used to that. If you use your base building correctly, when it, t- it comes time for like really fast focus speed work, you're not just shocking the whole system. Totally. Yeah. And and that's one of the things I try to educate like potential clients on, right? Because if I'm having a conversation with someone that's interested in joining the team and having us coach them and us creating a plan for them, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, my, my race isn't until later in the year. It's not till October. So that means that I need to join in, you know, July or August, you know, count back three months, 12 weeks before that. Right. You know, like they, they pick the race and they count back three months and they're like, okay, so I'll join the team then. And sure you can do that. But like Kevin just said, if we had six months to build you up to that race, the results would be so much better and you would just feel so much better you know, during the race as, you know, you're doing it. I mean, the best results we've ever had with our cross country kids, the cross country season, which peaks at the state meet in Mm -hmm. the middle of November, the cross country season begins as soon as track ends. So the race in November, a 5k, the training begins in late May. Mm -hmm. That's the timeline. Right. And I mean, one of our clients that I always love to see, like she joined our team in January, knowing that her first half marathon was going to be in October. And she gave herself that 10 month runway and she crushed it. Like she just... I mean, totally annihilated this marathon and just went out there and just ran it and did so well. Um, and that's how I want all of our clients to feel, right? But she knew that she was busy. She was She's a surgeon. Like, she has a very busy life. She has a lot of stress. She's on her feet. So she gave herself the time to build up slowly so that when she got to that point, she could just go out there and be very successful at that race. She also, by giving herself that time, had some grace of like, oh, this came up on my schedule during base building. It's like, okay, we have time to push the schedule back to exactly. slow the, the increase in mileage. It's like, ah, I don't really think I can jump up in mileage from this week to the next. Okay, so we'll maintain that mm-hmm. and then we'll increase in mileage again next week. Right. It was able to have all these adaptations. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly what you want to have in a training plan for you to get the results that you want and also feel amazing in the process. So another thing that I want to just point out before we move on to the next um, aspect, the next component, when we're building mileage, base building is another great way to, if you want to add in a running day. So that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm in a base building phase right now and I've always run four days a week. And for some reason, I've just decided that I wanted to run five days a week because I just wanted to see how my body responds. It's a little experiment that I'm doing. So when I choose to be in this base building phase right now, I, over the last month, have added in a fifth running day, but not increased my runs, my long runs on the weekends. I've actually decreased the the long run just a little bit so that I could add in that fifth day safely without increasing my overall mileage by too much and putting me at higher risk of injury. 
Yes, this is a great way to go from four to five days, from three to four days. Base building is the time to do this. Yeah. Also the time, like, if you're the kind of person who likes to work out, uh, like, a speed day one time a week and mm-hmm. you really want to try and see what two days a week would be, base building is the time to do that. Yeah. It's not when you go into race specific that suddenly you're like, actually, why don't I add an extra speed day in mm-hmm. and make sure that I, I ramp up my long run on the weekend also. That's too many changes it's too and many. it's just too dangerous. Right. And this is why so many runners find themselves in injury in this cycle of injury because they just jump into speed work and increasing distance and increasing the number of days per week that they're running because they decided to train for a race. So please don't let yourself fall into that trap. Understand that there should be longer buildups, especially for longer races. If it's the first time you've ever run a half or the first time you've ever run a full, give yourself enough time to build up to that point. Don't just jump into it and say, well, I'm just going to do it because this is the plan that I found and I downloaded it on the internet and this is what I'm going to follow. Could it work? Possibly. Could you be more successful if you gave yourself six months versus three? Almost almost guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's hard to guarantee anything when it comes to running, but... It's almost guaranteed that if you gave yourself more time to build up to that race, you're going to be more successful at it. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty safe bet on that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we talked a lot about how, how you need to build up mileage, but you also need to build up your strength. And building strength during the base building phase is huge. I'd argue it's the best time to really go at it yep. in terms of strength. Absolutely, because when you build strength, you're essentially breaking your muscles down in order for them to build up stronger than they were before. So when that happens, when you break them down and they build back up, you get sore. Muscle soreness is a very natural result of strength training. When your muscles are sore, it makes hitting speed workouts harder the next day or two days later, right? So if you're in race training phase and you're trying to hit very specific paces so that you can hit a goal time in the race, You don't want your legs to be super sore, but when you're in base building phase, it's a great time for your legs to be sore because then when you go into your easy run the next day, it just helps them recover or into, you know, the effort-based speed session that was adjusted and lower volume, it's not a big deal, right? If you're not hitting those paces because paces aren't as important during the base building phase anyway, you're just going out there and putting in a little bit more effort. So if your legs are sore, it's not as big of a deal. Right. If you're going out there and you're hitting some faster paces during base building, you're doing it over a much shorter time interval than in a race specific something. And a lot of the the workouts that we love to suggest during the base building phase are really just effort based. Go out there and run at a level five. Go out there and run at a level seven. Mm -hmm. And so the exact pacing of level five versus level seven completely depends on, did you just go for a long run? Did you just go for a heavy lift the day before? Mm -hmm. Did you just add, you know, from our strength routine, did you go from two sets to three sets and you're extra sore? Well, okay. It's going to be okay to still go for a speed run the next day even if you miss the paces, because you're still getting the overall point of your building. Mm-hmm. You're building at this point. You're building, right. Because long distance running requires strength. Your body, in order for you to hit times in a race and run longer distances in a race, you have to 
be able to increase your speed if you're spe- if you're trying to hit a goal time you have to hold speed for a long time depending on the you know what uh, distance of a race you're going through right and your body has to be able to handle the whole workload like all of it the strength training the mileage the easy the easy runs the speed workout there's a lot of demands and stress that you're placing on your body and your body has to be able to handle all of that and so when you focus in on your strength and stability that's going to help build that very strong foundation for all of the rest of your training yeah the the strengthening of like your stabilizing muscles your core muscles Mm -hmm. is super key on this one because if you don't have the strength build up and not just like like superpower strength but the muscular endurance in your stabilizing muscles Mm -hmm. this is going to cause huge problems down the road right because stabilizing muscles aren't meant for power anyway right like they're just there they need to be on to actually stabilize your body so that your form doesn't start to break down as you get tired yes this this and which it's going to as you increase your mileage. Mm-hmm. So if this is the time that you build from 5 to 6 to 12 to 15 miles, so I don't know what race you're training for, but as the mileage jumps up, if you aren't also correspondingly increasing your stabilizing muscles as you build the mileage up and you increase the physical demand and the, the taxing, pounding on your body, you're going to break down. Like it's just going to happen mm. unless you somehow luck out on this thing. But basically you're increasing the demand on your body without increasing the the muscular endurance to handle the stresses. Right. If you're not doing the strength training. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why the strength training is so important. So the strength training, when you are doing strength exercises for your stabilizing muscles, that's going to help your body maintain proper form as you increase intensity and volume in your base building phase and then also later in your race training phase. But you also can focus on power muscles too, actually building power and um, just brute strength and muscle recruitment because that's going to help you to be able to fire more muscles so that you can increase the speed a lot easier because you have more strength there um, and more muscles actually generating the power for you to do so right like increasing brute strength always kind of confused me in my head i'm like uh, i do, do i really need to be able to squat 600 pounds like mm-hmm. i'm trying to go out and run a marathon and obviously i cannot squat 600 pounds let's not kid ourselves um but what is really the major benefit? And when you started explaining that it's not just the the kind of numbers that you can put up on like power lifts, but it's the muscle recruitment that comes from some of these more technical lifts mm-hmm. of it's not just like having a few muscle fibers. It's having like dozens and hundreds of muscle fibers all firing in unison. Mm-hmm. It's like bringing the appropriate like bandwidth to try and run like internet inside of your house. If you double the bandwidth, suddenly everything is just flowing a whole heck of a lot smoother. Right. If you're trying to actually get your muscles to move and and run fast it's helpful if all of the muscles that are supposed to be working are actually going you know and not just like oh well like the four muscles of my quads no 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 inside of the muscles like all of the individual fibers 
all need to actually fire when your brain says, hey, quads, fire. Mm -hmm. It's not like half of them are like, yeah, my neighbor's doing it. I think I'm just going to rest. Like they're all on point and they're all actually doing it. Right. And that's one of the benefits of the heavier lifting of the, like the power and the higher intensity strength training. And all of those things are really important, but they can't be the only focus. I know a lot of runners that I talk to that message me and tell me about like this injury, you know, my hammy's acting up or this and that. And I say, Oh, well, do you do some strength training? And the person says, Oh yeah, you know, I do hit workouts a couple of times a week. I do a lot of plyometrics and box jumps and this and that. And like, those are great. Like the power and the high intensity exercises are fantastic, but please do not forget targeted muscle strength training as um, of that those stabilizing muscles that we already mentioned. Right, because you, you're you using the stabilizing muscles yep. in, in all of your plyometrics and everything you have to, but yep. why don't you just kind of slow down your high-intensity training and key in on exactly just those muscles yeah, from time to time? Yeah, do some clamshells. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is... When in doubt, clamshell it out. I mean, I think that this is one of the things that I usually see. It's either one or the other. Like, usually I'll have runners that will tell me they're either doing a lot of, like, high-intensity stuff, and I'm like, okay, that means you're basically never recovering. Mm-hmm. You never have an easy day. Um, and then, or I hear runners that are only doing just the stabilizing stuff as well, right? And so that's why when I designed our strength routine in in all of our strength um in all of our running plans there's both incorporated into every single plan that we give our clients right that way you have the time to recover you have the focus on both of them Mm -hmm. you can do some more higher intensity for the people that like to do that kind of stuff yeah because it's it's, there's a lot of people that find it fun it's fun and it's also very important like and especially as we get older it's very important for us to continue to build power and those explosive types of movements like burpees like i don't know anybody that likes burpees but burpees are a fantastic full body explosive exercise that are really really good for you and there are a lot of runners that have never done a burpee before and i have some burpees in our, in our strength program and people look at me like i can't do a burpee and, and i'll teach them how to modify right like okay this is what can you do this version yes or no you know do we need to modify further and that's one of the the benefits of, of having us as your coaches is we can teach you how to modify and then slowly build up to those explosive movements. But, you know, that's that's the beauty of, of our plans is that we have both sets of strength already just built right in. And those modifications, again, go back to what is the point of the base building yeah. is it's it gives you the timeline to build up your strength from where you actually are. Yeah. It gives you the timeline to build up your mileage from where you actually are. And it doesn't rush it to be like, oh, well, I've got that race in 12 weeks, so I better get my mileage to there no matter what shows up. Mm-hmm. It prevents you from having to push through an injury because that race is coming so quickly on the calendar and you can't push it back because it's there. Yep. Base building says, all right, I have a race eventually, this is my time to just really focus on mileage, to focus on my strength. And I think we're done with strength. Do you have any more that you want to cover on strength? Let's move on mobility. And to focus on my mobility. Right. So uh, the third component of base building is to improve your mobility. So long distance running also requires mobility, which is essentially the range of motion in your joints. It's the way that your joints move on each other. And it's also the way that your tissues slide and glide on each other too. There, There's a 
joint mobility and there's also tissue mobility. And it's not the same thing as flexibility. A lot of people think that they just need to stretch and improve their flexibility. And a lot of times I caution people not to do that. Like a lot of times people are over stretching and the stretching that they're doing isn't even providing any good benefit for no, them. It's, like it's, really it's, it's just a waste of time. Yes. Isn't necessarily hurting them, but it's definitely not providing a benefit. Right. And so you really want to focus more on dynamic stretching and mobility types of work versus just static stretching where you're just holding a given position for 30 seconds to a minute. Right. Which is really not doing all that much. Of not really doing that much anything. for you. Not unless you're doing it for 10 to 12 weeks. If you're doing it every single day and you're holding it for about three to five minutes in every single position. Yeah. That's really the only way for that. You know, in one of the research studies um, that came out recently, that's what was required for an actual change in muscle length to occur. And so, most people just aren't doing that. So bending over and touching my toes and holding it for 30 seconds, as my PE teacher told me in grade school, is just not pulling it off? Not pulling it off for you. Darn but, it. <laughs> but you want to start working on your mobility because proper range of motion helps to prepare your body to actually have more powerful runs and actually hit some higher end speed. Because if you've ever watched people, like watch a sprinter versus someone, you know, a recreational runner that's running a 5K and watch the amount of movement that their knee is going through, that their hips are going through. Like if you are sprinting, your hip is going through the full range of motion. Your knee is going through the full range of motion. Your ankle also versus longer distance runners are not going through as much of that motion. So the faster you want to go, the more mobility you need. Right. And having that mobility then allows you to actually use the strength that you've built up. Mm -hmm. Like if you've built up all of this strength, but you can't get your leg to move in the correct motion, like it, it's stuck in some position or it just, it can't swing through like however many degrees it's actually supposed to swing through. Like I know that I'm often limited if I don't continuously work on this on the motion of the front of my hip. Mm -hmm. I forget exactly the position. You know all the terms of where my, my hip limiting is. But if I don't continuously work on that, it doesn't matter how much speed work I do. I can't go faster than my range of motion will allow me to go. Like I, I try and get into it and I can, I can mask it for a little while by mm -hmm. just cranking up my turnover. And suddenly instead of running at the turnover that I like of on a speed, something in the low 180s, I can really crank my turnover up to like almost 200. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel good. And what it really is is me trying to mask the fact that I have limited mobility in my hips. That is such a good point. Like, I'm so glad you brought this up because a lot of people will say to us, like, I just can't go faster. Right? <laughs> yes, like you can. I, I I but like that's how they feel, right? Like I, I'm trying to go faster, but my legs just won't go faster. And a lot of times it is because of those restrictions. That yes. like if you don't have the the range of motion and the mobility and you're restricted in in those ways, like they, they can't go through it and then they don't, you know, know how to adjust their cadence like you do to like try to make up for it. And then, like you said, even when you, even if you are able to make up for it for, um, you know, for a little bit, there's, there's a limit to, to that. Yes. You can only, you can mask it for a little while, but it's not the most efficient way of running because you're not using all the muscles the way they were designed to be used. Right. So now you got secondary muscles coming in. Like this is, this is an issue that shows up for me in speed work. If I haven't been working the hips and shows up in the later miles in a marathon, mm -hmm. if I haven't been like, as everything gets tired, suddenly I start accessing hamstrings when I'm supposed to be accessing glute. Mm -hmm. 
and everything starts just going a little bit haywire. This happens on 200 meter repeats for me and the later stages of a marathon, yeah. which is weird that it hits on those two extremes. <laughs> on the two spectrums. Yep. But like, that's why all of this is interconnected, right? So you need to build strength and mobility and mileage all concurrently when you're in this base building phase because they all work together. They all work together now. They all work together when you're racing. And so when you can take the time and improve all three of these areas, you are going to be setting yourself up for so much more success when you get down to race training. All right. So I think that kind of covers it. No, I really think you kind of put a bow on it right there nicely. Put a nice little bow there. Um, so let us know, guys. Do you have any other questions on base building? You know, feel free. If you go over to realliferunners.com, you can contact us there. Shoot us an email. Um, you can also leave us a voice message there over on realliferunners.com. And if you want us to help you with your training, we love coaching athletes to really see what they're capable of and reach their potential and create these plans for you that have all of this stuff already built in so you don't have to figure out what you need to do. You don't have to figure out the timeline. You don't have to figure out if you need to base build or if you need to strength train or if you need to speed work. We do all of that for you. We can remove all of the confusion, all of the overwhelm, and we have exactly what you're looking for over on the Real Life Runners training team. You can find out more information, again, on our website by going to realliferunners.com forward slash join, um, and there's more info there. But we just absolutely want to see you achieve your goals. It makes running so much more fun, so much more fulfilling. Like when you're out there just enjoying your training and being able to actually hit the paces and hit the goals that you set for yourself and not get injured in the process, it's a game changer. Yes. And so many people are looking ahead to like fall and winter marathons or half marathons because bigger races are possibly coming Start back. now. Yeah. Now is the time. Yeah. Start now. Like you don't have to jump into a race plan, but that is the point of this. This is one of the reasons that we decided to do this episode because if you are looking ahead to a fall marathon or a fall race of any distance um, or winter, start your training now. Start building that base. Start looking at your strength assess where are my weaknesses um, and those of you that are inside the real life runners training team you've already done this we have tons of self-assessment tests for you so that you can see where your weakness where where are you tight where are you weak what do i need to address for me like what is more specific for me and then we give you the exercises that you need for all of that yeah perfect all right guys so thank you so much for joining us today for more information about our training team um or if you have any other questions that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast head over to realliferunners.com and you can leave us a message um, join the team or contact contact us there. And if you found this information helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps new people to find us so that we can spread the running love and we can help other runners to run injury-free and achieve their goals. So guys, as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 195. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one -on -one coaching 
along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.